Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur or looking to start your journey tomorrow, or maybe just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share another entrepreneurial story to inspire you all. I'll now introduce Sergey Brin. He was born in Russia and moved to the United States in 1973. His admiration for computer science helped him hone in on a passion for entrepreneurship. After earning two degrees from the University of Maryland, he went on to grad school at Stanford University. This is where he met Larry Page, who I'm sure most of you know listening in. The two boys were fascinated by the idea of advancing the ability to extract meaning from the large amount of data that compiles over the internet. Like many entrepreneurs, they began working on their ideas from Page's dorm room. He still earned his master's degree in 1995, but ultimately left Stanford's doctorate program to continue working on what would eventually become Google. This is not bad for someone who was an immigrant to this country in 1995, I think. But hey, Ruben, what'd you like best about that story? You know, I think it was like the early days of the internet, right? And it was like no one had really understood it. And these guys were, you know, like you said, immigrants coming in and, and had a, a different perspective of what was possible. And, you know, it obviously created something that the, I think the entire world would be a whole other place if, if they hadn't done what they did. I really can't imagine the world without Google right now. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, um, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it was obviously, for lack of a better term, like groundbreaking and it's something that has obviously stood that test to continue growing today. Absolutely. The voice you all just heard, that's the sound of today's guest. My guest on the show today is another friend I met through networking, as usual. I came across his profile on LinkedIn and was quickly impressed with his entrepreneurial endeavors. Said he was a compulsive problem solver and community builder. That tagline jumped out at me and I had to have him on the show. It's my pleasure to introduce Ruben Pressman. Ruben, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Would you mind previewing your story a bit before we hop into the questions? <clears throat> yeah, of course. So I, I always typically start back when I was about 10 years old. Um, I started programming when I was 10. So I've always, you know, um, had a very big technology background. Like you read on, on my LinkedIn, you know, I kind of call myself a compulsive problem solver. If it's, if it's broken, you know, I really want to fix it. And if it's not broken, I like breaking it. Um, so it's kind of always been a couple themes throughout my life. I've created a lot of different products, um, different companies, nothing to size or scale um, that I currently am uh, with this company now. Um, but a lot of it's always also revolved around building communities, whether that's you know, virtual communities with certain products um, or even just getting involved in the local community here in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, so, you know, as we've grown, um, this, this idea mostly got started um, with, with presence uh, through uh, my firsthand pain points and experiences as a student at University of South Florida, uh, and then as a staff member at the University of South Florida uh, as well. And, uh, you know, everything from 
the the horrible processes and frustrations around allocating tens of millions of dollars every single year to um, reaching and engaging students more effectively, and then the data side of how that engagement plays a role on retention and graduation rates um, drove me to create Presence, which uh, essentially helps universities and colleges uh, better collect their data, understand the data and what it means, uh, and then make a bigger impact around that data for things like that retention, the graduation rate, student success, and workforce readiness. Yeah, that's great. I think this is a great episode for the Entrepreneurial Podcast because it's going to all be all about data and helping people. I love it. Ruben, what I do on each episode is I do something called the Big Five. Each episode, my guest and I go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. When did you realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing or you just needed the change to be that full entrepreneur? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I kind of fit a slightly different mold for that. Um, I was fortunate enough to have both my parents be um, independent business owners. So I've kind of always been around that mindset. Um, so I've kind of always known um, that was like what I was, I, I always found an interest in that. And so I don't know if I necessarily left anything that I was doing. Um, most of everything I was doing is kind of stepping stones to get to where I am. And I've kind of always had either a side gig or something that I was running fully focused on. Um, the last job I had was working at the institution in the space um, while working on this on the side. Um, so I was kind of still doing that. I, I ended up leaving um, that, that role from the institution um, to make the jump fully into this. Um, but I had a transitionary period there as well where I was actually, I, I ran an agency where we actually helped other people build their products and companies and help them launch. And that was a very flexible job that I was fortunate enough to have the skills to create and run as a way to fully transition full-time into presence. Um, so it was kind of a, a, an iterative kind of transition process into this full-time. The kind of the main jump which got me off of that was we ended up landing our first kind of two or three universities that bought the product. And we raised our initial first round of capital, which, you know, enabled us to go full-time into this. Yeah, it's really impressive. You mentioned you're a USF guy. What did you study when you were there? I actually studied entrepreneurship. So I was the first and at the time only grad in the entrepreneurship um, uh, degree. Um, and I had a minor in leadership. So very kind of liberal arts style. I'm yeah, um, yeah. still in a traditional university setting, but very liberal arts kind of hands on project oriented um, uh, curriculum. Um, and it was, you know, I've always been a relative risk taker. I was um, going into my senior year and had learned about the entrepreneurship program before uh, it was actually approved by the state um, to exist. And I basically dropped my other majors. I was a double in finance and economics. I basically dropped those and, and ended up enrolling in the courses that I knew the entrepreneurship degree needed. And three months before I graduated, the state approved it. So I was the only one that he really knew that it was coming and had already taken all the credits and ended up, you know, <laughs> <the> last <laughs> kind of thread and passing with it. Absolutely. Sound like an entrepreneur with your risk taking for sure. Were you able to get <laughs> USF as one of your schools so far? No. So that's kind of one of the, uh, the internal jokes um, around is um, myself, 
Andy, who's been with me since pretty much the beginning, and a few employees here, all from the USF system. Um, but the it's just been a tough one to crack, even with our connections and stuff there. I've won awards and everything. It seems yeah. like we're close, um, but we've been here a few times. So we have almost 200 universities across the country um, and other state universities, though. Wow, very, very impressive. Let's piggyback off that. You're saying you're having some difficulty with the USF situation. Let's talk about some other difficult things. What would you say one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur are for you? That's a good question. Um, I'd say the top one is, is people and talent. Um, I think it's the types of things, especially as I, you know, I'm connected with a lot of other founders. It's definitely the thing that everyone I think agrees is the most challenging and, and can never be prepared enough for. Um, finding talent is definitely one of the hardest things and that's, you know, a nationwide problem. And, and obviously during this time, I mean, the, the unemployment rate is something like 3% or something nationwide. So, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck having to poach and, and find talent that might not be ready to make a move and convincing them to do that. So um, that's definitely one of the bigger ones, but even, even existing talent, maintaining that, retaining that, um, you know, encouraging and growing that, engaging your talent yes. um, and, and all of that, you know, that stuff and just, you know, dealing with the day to day with people, um, people are your biggest variable. And for us being a tech company, you know, it's 90% of our overhead and everything we're focused on. So it's definitely a, pretty serious um you know amount of, of time especially for me um and obviously the thing that grows in is the lifeblood of the whole company so it's definitely something that is the most important but also definitely the most challenging uh if i had to pick a number two um definitely i mean it's, it's unique to my space is, is higher ed is extremely tough you know it's a let's it's talk a about it yeah government let's talk about it. yeah yeah, it's a, it's a government, you know, industry. So, you know, some people think of us as B2B, but we're, I always say we're more B2G because business to government is much more um, difficult than business to business. And, you know, Absolutely. they're not necessarily savvy buyers, um, especially people that we're selling to. Um, sometimes this is the first time they've gone through a process buying software. So there's a lot more than just, hey, check out this software. It's, there's a lot of coaching and consulting and everything that goes on top of that. So, you know, I love it. I'm from the space. Our entire team, except our engineers, and even some of them are, are all from the student affairs space. So, okay. you know, we're all used to it. We love it. But it's definitely... Um, even coming from that, it's been a bigger challenge than we initially anticipated. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved how you said people are the biggest variables because even just finding the right team around you, it comes up every podcast or so where you can be the best at what you do. But if you don't have the right team around you, what good is it? Love how you said Definitely. that. There. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ruben, what would you say one of your greatest failures is and what did it teach you? Why did it stick with you? What's going on? It's been a while since I've gone back to think about any of that stuff. Um, you know, I'm in the day-to-day -day, heads down all the time. So this is good reflection time for me. It's, um, it's always nice to make the time for reflection or at least just <laughs> journaling or something to pause a second. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not very good at that. So, you know, these types of interactions kind of force me to go do that. Um, to I'm, I'm that trying to be or, mindful you know, of it. I'm, I'm very heads down as well, long days, <laughs> but I just try to be yeah. mindful. And actually, while hosting the podcast, I get these breaks naturally with that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see, biggest failure. Um, I think it's right in line with the, the, the people and the talent. Um, I think, you know, I, I was... Um, brought up, you know, very fortunate in, in a fairly affluent community, not very diverse. Um, and, you know, when I got to college, it started, you know, opening up obviously to a lot of different cultures and people. And I, I don't think I um, 
got out of my shell and, and got into um, things that were different or new for me as much as I wish I would have um, in the early days of, of like, I guess K through 12, for example, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and kind of growing up. And so, you know, my, my empathy, um, you know, had not been built very well. Um, my, I mean, I've always had good communication skills, but just, you know, some of the, the general people skills um, and understanding and leadership and some of those things weren't as natural um, for me and things that I had a chance to really practice. And I, I really think, um, you know, obviously that it was all up to me um, to be able to do those things. And I, 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 it wasn't like I intentionally stayed away from it. I just didn't necessarily know any better. I think, you know, I could have found a way to, to get out of that more and been more prepared. And I think I would have been a lot better off now than I would have uh, before. Right, Ruben, that a different look. If you could choose to have a conversation and learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would it be? What are you talking about? Give us the scenery. Oh, wow. Um, it would... Man, that's tough, too. Wow. Uh, I guess I would... I just, I just watched the Bill Gates's documentary on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, and just because of that, I think he's probably at the top of my list right now. Um, what influenced that choice? What stuck out? Yeah. Well, what I really, I mean, what I really love in some problem solving and entrepreneurship and people focusing on are real world problems and things that are just important and impactful. And you know, granted, you obviously, there's always something more important than what you're working on. And you can, you know, you can really work on the most important thing and everything has to be tackled um, by someone. But yep. there's real big world impacts. And that's one of the reasons that I'm focused on education. Um, so he has a huge focus in education. Um, he has a huge focus in, you know, disease um, and, and things that should be preventable that we just haven't stopped yet. Um, and then power. Um, and disease mostly related to sanitary and sewage um and you know you hear about him and you know he's working on some things and they've had success eradicating things before and whatever but you know the documentary just got such an got a really did a really good job going in depth with his philosophies behind things and i think it just really resonated with me so you know the plan with the education company that i'm with now is you know to build that up and eventually have a nice exit with that to where i can continue to focus on third world countries and top top problems like the food shelter water type things um you know human trafficking animal poaching and i those things just really resonate with me wanting to spend my time there uh so i think you know he's at the top of my list because that's where he's spending a lot of his time and money and efforts and one of the the most interesting kind of ways he's doing that that i found a lot of um you know interest in for myself is one of the thing one of the ways they look at solving those problems is he obviously has some of the most money in the entire world. And he knows that obviously, but he's, he's obviously modest about it, but he approaches a lot of the problems with what can we do differently because of the wealth that others can't do because we have that scale. So there's things where they can make it more opportunistic um, for a private venture to focus on things that can solve big problems that without having someone there to not necessarily even subsidize, but make big orders and make it efficient for a company to take the plunge into a different venture or focus on something. So all that sounds really cool. And I think the way they broke that down is, you know, top of my mind right now. 
I love that. So that will piggyback right into the next and final question of the big five. Where do you see yourself and your entrepreneurial endeavors, whatever they may be, in one year from today and five years today? We'll start with one year. What are we looking at a year from today? You're mentioning all this other great stuff. Are we even talking about presence? Let's hear about it. Yeah. So, I mean, a year, I definitely still see presence. Um, you know, we're focused on education. We're doing more things around talent, skill building, and curriculum um, with that, especially around soft and essential skills. Um, and, you know, continuing to, to build and distribute. I mean, we're in 200 schools now, you know, I'll, I'll hope to be uh, closer to 500 schools in about a year. Um, and then five years, um, I think there's a potential to still be with presence, um, but there's a potential that we'll probably see an exit by then uh, as well. Um, you know, my time after this, um, definitely plan to do a fair amount of investing in other startups, especially kind of impact um, startups. Uh, and companies, uh, I'm pretty addicted to the early stage. So kind of focusing there. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I think I'll, I'll start to get involved in some of those bigger world problems and wanting to make a bigger impact um, around the world with, you know, solving some of those things that should be solvable, but no one's been able to focus the right power and energy to making that happen. Like the way you put that, if we had to pick one thing, if you get to that point where the bigger scale issues, what are we tackling first? It's it's going to be between i think it's probably like it's human trafficking um animal poaching kind of in there like the idea that like you're either like killing or practically killing life um that doesn't have any like way to defend itself or an option for that or anything and it's just it's just money and power that's influencing that side um, and there's so many systemic issues behind a lot of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly becoming aware of. So it'd be probably be somewhere in there. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ruben. I know our listeners can see all the value in your episode today. I personally enjoyed learning the meaning behind your answers for Bill Gates and which led into number five, how there is more to you than just this business idea. You have the philanthropy related model. And it is transcending right down to what you're planning on doing after that. So it's time for the last word, Ruben. Is there something you would like to share with our listeners that we did not get to touch on today? Yeah, I think one of my running ideologies and something that I always try to, you know, make sure other brand new entrepreneurs that might not be into the theory and the science of how things are created and solved. I always try to leave with the idea that nobody knows what they're doing and neither do I. And, and if anyone tells you they do, then they really don't know anything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think it's the idea that if you're really working on something truly new uh, and you're doing something different, it's new or different because no one else has done it that way before. And there is no expert on that. You're technically the most leading expert and you're going to, you know, start to feel like that imposter syndrome and those other factors and things that make it feel like you're just making it up or you're not sure. And, and anyone that's done these things before felt the exact same way going into it. So don't let those things hold you back and good luck. It's a great way to put it because there is no blueprint or textbook on entrepreneurship or many other categories. So would you please go ahead and let's share your social media or your website, ways for our listeners to follow your journey, request your services. Yeah, um, LinkedIn's probably the best. Uh, my name is actually pretty unique across the internet. It's just Ruben Pressman. So spelled just like that, you'll find me pretty easily. That's probably the best spot to just stay connected to me and stay updated on things. I actually don't post too often on social media. It's mostly just a way to make sure I keep all the connections that I have over, over time. Um, but that's probably the best route to go. Um, if you want to learn more about Presence, you can check out Presence.io. Presence.io. Thank you, Ruben. Remember to check out the show on Instagram and Facebook at your favorite morning podcast or on Twitter at Podcasts by Lancey. 
Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media and YouTube, and my website is VincentALancy.com. Make sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption, on Amazon now, but be sure to DM me or email me. I want to hear what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I work hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. And as always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This one from Steve Ellis, founder and co-CEO of Chipotle. He said, I'm always tweaking, always trying to make it better, constantly moving the levers and dials. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur.